Welcome to the Becoming Ammon podcast, a podcast designed to help young men and women prepare for their missions so that they not only survive, but thrive while on them. I'm your host, Stephen J. Hakes, as well as author of the book, Becoming Ammon, the philosophy of personal development for becoming the ultimate missionary. Today's podcast episode is made possible by Becoming Ammon. Find it in both paperback and Kindle forms at Amazon.com. Do you want an easy mission and life? Well, here's the secret. Do hard things. It's plain and simple. That's all there is to it. I know it sounds a bit oxymoronic, but it's not. Think back to the first section of the book, um, or, or in the first podcast episodes even, um, when we discussed the, the law of sacrifice, the only things in life that are worthwhile are those procured by earnest sacrifice. And what is sacrifice? It's thoughtful hard work. The best way to sacrifice is to accept more responsibility, to go and seek it out. Yeah, it's going to be more difficult, but wait, will it? No, it won't. That's, that's the problem is we can't let complacency continue to dominate our lives. Easy and complacent are nothing other than phonies. They trick us out of choosing God's proven plan of happiness. They take us away from sacrificing. This prevents us from progressing. And remember, if we aren't growing, we're dying. I always find it interesting that people go to church and talk about eternal progression and becoming like God, yet they continue to do nothing other than the bare minimum. It's as though they believe that enduring, which they falsely interpret as doing the bare minimum, is their key to heaven. They think that if they can remain face and body pressed against the rocks, just holding on for dear life while the waves of adversity crash down upon them, that a full portion of glory will await them in heaven. Where the heck did they come up with that? Well, of course, that's not the way they consciously view things in their own minds. They have convinced themselves that doing everything in the church or doing everything the church requires for membership and a temple recommend is enough. But imagine how different things would be if we would all stop trying to hide, um, metaphorically I'm speaking, of course, like Adam Adam and Eve in the, in the Garden of Eden, but hide our nakedness behind trees. Picture the atmosphere of love and sincerity that would fill our halls. I want to say the only person we are hurting by hiding uh, our flaws is ourselves, but I don't think that's completely true. We definitely hurt ourselves and our ability to progress, uh, but we're also hindering our ability to help and serve others. We need to stop being afraid of doing the right thing. Uh, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves and God. Let's, let's allow him the opportunity to help us overcome our weakness by acknowledging them. Or weaknesses, I should say. Uh, you've most likely heard the old saying, which goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. The same goes for us. God can lead us to water, but he can't make us drink. I mean, half the time we don't drink because we don't want to admit we're thirsty. Uh, like if we did, that might come off as some weakness and appear as if we were doing something wrong. We're just so obsessed with what other people think and don't realize how much that hinders our ability to progress, grow, and be happy. One of the first steps uh, we can take in dispelling our infatuation with appearing perfect is to eliminate the false perception that everything is equal up in heaven. Uh, 
We can't expect to spend six hours a day watching TV and end up with the same intelligence as the individual who spends his or her time working hard, reading, or progressing in other ways. We know this from the revelation Joseph Smith received back in 1843 in section 130 of the Doctrine and Covenants, verses 18 and 19, uh, which read, Whatever principle of intelligence we attain in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. And if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience than another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. Now that is so straightforward, I, I don't need to expound upon it. Um, but I will address the idea that some members may feel that their membership in the church gives them an advantage over those or an advantage over those who are not members. While this is true to some extent, this is mostly a false notion. We are no longer under Mosaic law. The main sacrifices required are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. There are certain ordinances that must be performed, but the Lord will pick the sincere spirit ten times out of ten over the law-abiding, checklisting Pharisee. Uh, we must remember that progression is eternal. Just because we've made some covenants with the Lord does not mean that we can merely endure to the end in the same manner and be saved. That is not growth. And I'm going to continue to repeat this phrase until it's solidified in all of our minds. If you're not growing, you're dying. Plain and simple. All there is to it. Um, to go along with the metaphor earlier of like, you know, face against the rocks holding on for dear life some growth will occur while clinging onto a rock and getting thrashed by waves but if we exercise our faith and choose to cast our gaze away from the rocks and towards the ocean we may see how beautiful life really is the letting go of the rocks will initially be daunting and difficult as we learn to swim through the strong current we will eventually gain momentum as our abilities increase before we know it, the difficult will become the joyous. Instead of getting blasted against the rocks, we'll be surfing, snorkeling, and scuba diving. Damnation is another misconception I want to address. Uh, the scriptures teach us that hell is a state of damnation, and being damned means a person is spiritually dead. In other words, he or she is no longer able to progress. So if damnation is the opposite of progression, and during mortality we can go through periods of stagnation and even regression, isn't that tem temporary damnation? I mean, what else could it be? If we aren't progressing, we're momentarily damning ourselves. It reminds me of something that my mentor talked to me about a while back. He said when he was a young boy, he looked around and he noticed that even though most Americans are literate, most of them choose not to read. And he said, if you can read but choose not to, is that not a form of illiteracy? And so I think the same thing applies here. If we have the ability to progress but we choose not to, are we not damning ourselves? Isn't that the same thing? Uh, it might even be worse because we're choosing to when we still have the ability um, hell becomes a fixed state of spiritual death where no more work can be done. But that does not take away from the fact that we can also create hell on earth when we stop progressing. It doesn't matter what spiritual level we obtain in life if we do not continue to grow. What else could eternal progression possibly mean? 
It's not just doom and gloom, though. If we can create hell on earth through stagnation, then we can also create heaven on earth through progression. One of the difficult things about doing hard things is finding the motivation to do so. Um, one of the best things is to just do as we talked about before with Joshua and just make the decision to serve God. Make the decision to do hard things. Just decide. But something that can help you in finding motivation is is gaining knowledge. That's because knowledge becomes a baseline for decision making. It will help discourage you from making bad choices and it will help motivate you towards making good choices. Knowledge will empower you. Uh, it'll help guide you in making the best decisions. When you combine your knowledge or the knowledge that you've been gaining uh, with prayer and pondering, it will open a new world to you. And that's when real power comes in. By choosing to accumulate new knowledge, um, you're choosing to sharpen and refine yourself and become a more powerful tool for the Lord to use. The more knowledge you obtain, the more things the Spirit can bring to your remembrance. Your knowledge will compound over time and exponentially increase. It will eventually, it'll even allow you to take better control of your emotions. The wild horses that we talked about in bridling your passions will not be in charge because your dedication to training your intellect will naturally carry over into the application of the, of the knowledge you'll earn. The proper acquisition of, a no, of knowledge carries you to a higher form of thinking. A higher form of thinking leads to a higher form of action. And I'll end with a quote by George S. Clayson. Our acts can be no wiser than our thoughts. Our thinking can be no wiser than our understanding.